No mai, haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute. This is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today we talk to Director of Research and Development Marcus Roberts about his recent column. Marcus, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you. Oh, great to be here. Thanks, Jace. Now, we're talking about your latest column for Maxim, Distrust, Rational or Irrational. Now, mm. that's an interesting distinction. <laughs> do you want to um, dive into that and just explain what do you mean? How can trust be mm. rational or irrational? Yeah, so so like all good ideas, I stole it. Uh, <laughs> from. <laughs> Um, this was from our Sir John Graham lecture that we had on Friday night. Mm. So Oxford philosopher Tom Simpson came out and he does a lot of work looking at trust. Mm. And one of the things that he, uh, the ideas he had was trying to unpack is when you have any situation of trust or lack of trust, mm. so between people, a relationship, or between individuals and institutions mm. or government, mm. one of the questions that you have to ask in order to try and repair that trust is to figure out, well, what's causing it? Mm. Is the problem fundamentally with the person or institution who you've lost trust with? So in a relationship, for example, mm. you might say, is this person no longer trustworthy? Have they sure. done something that's broken trust? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Have they done something that's broken trust mm. and therefore it is r- rational yeah. to not put my trust in that person okay. yeah. uh, until they've done something to repair that? That, that breakdown of the relationship. Mm. Or conversely, is the problem with me, mm. that I am not putting my trust in a fundamentally trustworthy object mm. uh, because, mm. say, for example, the individual versus an institution, because I have uh, consumed disinformation that says that they're not trustworthy when mm. actually they are. Mm. That seems to me quite a difficult version of trust mm. to overcome because you yourself, there's something wrong with the way that you are seeing Correct. this other person yeah. or institution. Correct, yeah. And you'd need to overcome that yeah. somehow. Yeah. Uh, that seems quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all complicated, yeah. effectively, because yeah. we're dealing with humans yeah. and human reactions and human emotions. So we, um, the, the point I make in the piece is that rational versus irrational is a very good framing tool, mm. but it doesn't obviate the hard work you need to do to figure out in yeah. any particular situation. Yeah. So each of us will probably have a, re, uh, a relationship of trust with people that is made up of both rational and irrational yeah. factors yeah. because we're human. We're not fully rational. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just who we are. But secondly, when we're talking about groups of people who, di- for example, distrust the media, yeah. well, of course, some of them will do so for mainly rational reasons and mm. others will do it for irrational reasons. Yeah. And then finally, the other messy part about it is that we might distrust an institution to do X, yes, but we might trust that institution to do Y. Okay. Do you have an example? Well, yeah. So the example I use is, for example, in the in the US, there might be many people who uh, vote for Trump. Yes. Uh, and they would do so uh, knowing that or, or distrusting him to do certain things like yeah. 
babysit their kids. Yeah, yeah that's right. You probably wouldn't leave him at home with your kids. Yeah. Um, but you might trust him to be a, uh, a repository of retribution to your political enemies. Yes. That is, you might vote for him for a particular reason, mm. even though you don't fundamentally trust him in other yes. ways. Yes. So it is all complicated and mm. messy. Mm. But I think it's a useful tool of thinking about trust um, because then that determines our response. Mm. Because if trust is distrust is rational, mm. if our institutions are failing us yeah. and are no longer trustworthy, then how do you repair that? Yeah, that's a different question than yeah to the fact that it's irrational. Yeah. It's my problem. Yeah, because if it's irrational, then maybe we need to do something about misinformation. Yeah, yeah. if it's rational, then we need to fix the, the institutions. institutions. Yeah. Now here in New Zealand, um, we have historically been a high trust yeah. nation. Yes, but. Lots of surveys and trust in business and the government mm. and other institutions. The media is a big one recently. Have yes. have shown over the years a decline in yeah. trust. Um, what's what? behind that? Do you think? And is there something that's exacerbated it, or is it? Well, so it's quite a recent mm. decline. Yeah. Um, so the latest figures for 2023, according to the Edelman Trust Barometer show that New Zealand's at or below the global average. Oh, wow. So we're, we're heading downwards like we quite, are. quite quickly. We are. Yeah. Even a couple of years ago, our trust, for example, in government and government leaders mm. was at the high end of the scale. Yeah. Now, government, business, NGOs, I understand is around the average. Yeah. Media is quite a bit below the average, wow. interestingly. Yeah. Um, so what's exacerbated that? I mean, it seems to be fairly correlated with the response to COVID. Mm. Mm. Um, so initially... Because we kind of were winning in COVID, yes. uh, there was high trust, like yep. we did the right thing. But then as it went on and some of the mandates and some of these other things yes. happened, it, it declined again. That's right. Yep. So I think that sort of um, maps on to the Labour Party's support, for yeah. example. Yeah. You know, late 2020 when you had the election. Yeah. Massive support. Massive yeah. support, massive trust in government. Yes. Um, and then since then, it eroded. Mm. Um, and then I think there's various things. I mean, the surveys talk about government funding to media. Yes. Um, as public interest journalism correct, and things like that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, as contributing to the tr lack of trust in media. Mm. Um, so there are all sorts of things at play. But I think the question is whether or not COVID caused this yes. fracture of trust. Or there was something else. Or, or maybe it... it Exacerbated, exacerbated yeah. and sped it up. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's an interesting question because obviously we're not the only country that was um, affected by COVID. We also had a reaction to it that sort of brought us into the, the international um, um, media. Mm, mm. But why did other countries have low trust beforehand? Yes. Why are we getting to that level? Um, will the trust uh, go back up mm. now that we're out of the COVID yeah. reactions. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a really interesting question around whether we just exacerbated our distrust mm. of these institutions that was for um, during COVID and that there are actually other underlying reasons mm. why we might not trust the government. Mm. And how might we repair trust in institutions? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, if, well, if it's rational. Well, that's correct. Because yeah, yeah. if, if it's, it's irrational, then there's no need to. Yes. Yeah, that's right. If it's irrational, you just need to tell a better story about yeah. the um, about those institutions. Yes. Um, yeah, well, I think the only, the only real way is you do it over time by showing that you're trustworthy. Mm. By just consistently. Doing the job you're meant to do. Yeah. Doing it openly. But also, I think. Not trust. maybe not going beyond what you are being beyond asked your to scope, do. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think having the humility to say sometimes, I'm thinking about for the government, for example, um, we don't know. Mm. 
Yeah. Or we don't have an answer to it. Yeah. We can't fix your problem in this area because either that's outside our scope of responsibility or mm. actually because your problem is unable to be fixed, fixed. by the government. Yeah. Because nothing will damage trust more as if you say, yes, we can fix this, mm. yeah. and then they don't. Yeah. yeah. Or we're being open and transparent, and then we don't. Yeah. We know everything, and then it turns out not to be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or we've done the numbers, but no, we actually yeah. haven't. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate because we've that, that old saying, I think, is true in institutions as it is to interpersonal relationships that you can lose trust like that yeah but it takes a long time to, to yeah. build that, that reputation fragile, for trust. Like, like glass right yeah yeah well marcus big thoughts um and none of them mine <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's a good disclaimer to finish the uh, to finish the podcast with thanks for being with yeah, us thanks so much jason Trust in media, politicians, the courts, etc., has declined in many countries over the last few years. New Zealand has not been immune to this phenomenon. The Acumen Edelman Trust Barometer for 2023 shows that, for the first time, no major institution can be considered trusted by Kiwis. In particular, our trust in government and government leaders has decreased dramatically over the past year. Traditionally, we have been considered a high-trust country compared to the rest of the world. No longer. Our trust in the government, in businesses, in NGOs, and in the media is now at or below the 2023 global average. A lower-trust society is generally a worse place to live. If, as the Aspen Institute's Jane Wells asserts, trust is the societal glue that holds democracies together, then we need to figure out how to strengthen that adhesive. According to Oxford philosopher Tom Simpson, a fundamental question we must address is whether our lack of trust is irrational or rational. That is, is this particular institution untrustworthy and unworthy of my trust, and therefore I would be rational not to trust it? Alternatively, is the problem lying with those lacking trust? Have they made a poor decision by withholding trust from a trustworthy institution and are therefore irrational in so doing? Because we are deep in the realm of political science and human behaviour, the answer to that question will always be complicated. Each of us makes judgments about trust that are not wholly rational. We are creatures not only of intellect, but also of emotions, imagination and intuition. Thus, our decision to withhold trust in a particular situation will come down to a mix of irrational and rational factors. Similarly, within the group of people who say they distrust a particular person or institution, say for example the media, some will do so for mainly rational reasons and others will have mainly irrational explanations for doing so. Finally, this question will be messy, because we may trust an institution or person to do X, but not Y. For example, there would be many Trump supporters in the USA who would never trust him to babysit their kids. But these people would trust him to bring political retribution to their political adversaries. Although it does not map neatly onto the messy picture of human trust levels, the framing of distrust as rational or irrational is a useful tool. It points us towards the most helpful policy response. If distrust is mainly driven by irrationality, then our response might be to focus on combating disinformation and changing the public's mind. However, if, instead, distrust is mainly driven by rational responses to our institution's untrustworthiness, the focus becomes rejuvenating those institutions. 
At the recent Sir John Graham lecture, Tom Simpson suggested one fix. Elites need to be renewed on the basis of diversity, excellence, and a notion of self-sacrificial servant leadership. It's a worthy challenge in this election season, both to our politicians and to all of us. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Matewa, goodbye for now. <laughs>